You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect to Yaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So on today's episode, it's not just me, so you're in for a treat because I think the last episode I recorded by myself, we've been having guests on just about every week, which is super duper exciting. One of the things that I talk about a lot with Balkan Bread is just how I started it and how to get in this entrepreneurial spirit and mindset and, you know, even if you aren't an entrepreneur, how to go about achieving your goals and, you know, really making something out of your life, which I think is definitely open to a lot of conversation and it's a big topic to kind of dive into, but I'm excited because we actually have another entrepreneur, another CEO on the episode today, which is super exciting. So I would like to welcome Dino Delkic to the episode. He is the CEO of the Law X app or website community. He's going to kind of go into more detail on that and give you guys some more information. And we're just going to learn a little bit more about his journey and what exactly it took to turn his dreams into a reality. So I guess, do you want to start off, introduce yourself, where you're from, how you found Balkan Bread, and then we can kind of go into how you started your app. So first of all, I want to thank you for having me on here. And I want to thank everyone for actually taking out some of their time and listening to this. My name is Dino. I'm originally from Bosnia, from the city named Piedur. It's in northwestern part of Bosnia. I moved to the States when I was somewhere around 17. Uh, I really didn't like the slow lifestyle over there in Bosnia, and I could not see myself improving or, you know, improve my lifestyle over there over time. So I just made a huge decision to pick up my stuff, book a plane ticket, and move. So I did that on my own, which was a little bit crazy. But I ended up in St. Louis, actually, for around seven, eight months. And then, again, St. Louis, I love people there. I have so many friends. I even have some family. But still, the the lifestyle over there is still kind of too slow. So then it was either East Coast or West Coast. And uh, I decided to do West Coast because... I mean, better weather, honestly. Yes. And I mean, just moving into the community of all these people that are always rushing somewhere, doing something, working on something, kind of got me into that mindset too. And uh, just by listening to some other people online and seeing people in Starbucks working on on something 24-7, it was crazy inspirational. And then just like, basically, uh, I was a part of... uh, big tech company here and uh while working over there you know i would get home and like still kind of work on my projects but every now and then i would just you know mess around on the side because i mean i i love to think that i have a creative mind so i'll always you know try something new 
try to learn something, try to make something that I'm envisioning. And uh, since the company got the award for the best UI and the best design mm -hmm. uh, within their app, I was like, let me see if I can recreate something like that, just, you know, for fun. And uh, I was like, hmm, what can it be about? But before that, I forgot to mention, I used to own a law firm marketing agency. So I was like, okay, let me do it about something about lawyers. And little by little, that crazy let me design uh, mock-up of an app ended up actually turning into this big thing that's actually rolling pretty fast right now. And uh, I mean, it's just like, as long as you pursue something that's in the back of your head, your mind will kind of lead you to something bigger and it will not always succeed, but there will be that one of one special one that will kind of pop. And that's what happened with likes. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Seriously. I mean, I think even if you're at, you know, a full time job or working somewhere and you don't necessarily see yourself working there forever. I mean, it's still good to have your own like creative project on the side or a hobby or a hobby that might even turn into a business you're just not aware of it so let's rewind a little bit because i'm really curious so you said you left bosna when you were 17 and obviously that was you know a challenge how did you you know just pack up and leave you know obviously working saving money to go but what was that whole like process like so basically uh i was working as a freelancer as a video editor for this one guy from Florida, he actually also owned a law firm marketing agency. And uh, from time to time, he would send me footage that I need to edit. And I would be like, man, this is like, whoever recorded this knows nothing about recording. It, it was just horrible. <laughs> so I was literally whining about every piece of footage I get from him. And at one point, uh, already like something within my like group of friends started like a joke that I will, you know, move out. But then at one point he's like, okay, dude, so I'm tired of you like whining about my footage. Let me fly you out here and then you record it. So then we'll, we'll all be happy. He's like, how much money do you need for that? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Cause I mean, I was working for like 11, 12 bucks at the time, which is a lot of money for a Bosnian lifestyle, but still like, yeah. I'm not the type of guy that really saves up to be honest. So I was, you know, living my life over there, mm -hmm. traveling and all of that. So didn't really have any saved up money. And then I'm like, okay, I need a ticket. I need a visa and I need some money to have there. And I'm like, damn, that's not going to be, you know, just a little bit of money. So he's like, okay, I'm going to get you a ticket and you go get that visa. And I want to see you here in a month. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So he basically provided you with an opportunity and then you ended up you know, liking it so much and just not even necessarily like with doing like freelance for that company, but just the whole kind of hustle, like fast pace, I guess, more lifestyle. It's definitely something that's a lot different in comparison to Bosnia. Um, but that's really cool. I mean, and I think that's a good example of the fact that you maybe didn't recognize, like, I guess, or realize how much value you were creating like for this person um you know eventually like i mean obviously you were saying hey man like you could do way better with this videography and this footage and things like that and he trusted you enough 
to actually fly you out to the United States to help them. So I think that says a lot about just the value that you offer to other people. And I think that those opportunities are out there. And I think you just have to put yourself out there in order to basically take advantage of them. So is, um, and I guess with, I guess you can probably enlighten us more just with like Bosnia's whole, I mean, the youth unemployment situation is awful. And I mean, the whole unemployment economic situation is really terrible. And so do a lot of people do freelancing or how did you exactly like get into that? So here's the story. Uh, Obviously being a teenager, I needed some money to like go out, buy myself stuff. I was always obsessed with technology, with cameras and stuff. And I mean, that costs. So a friend of mine uh, mentioned that he has an open position at this TV station that he was working at. It's just a random TV station that's uh, in my city. So I'm like, cool, I want to work there. He's like, you'll do video and like you'll record the news and like take care of like everything that's broadcasted. And like, uh, we're going to pay you 500 a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, that sounds awesome. Because I mean, still for Bosnia, that's more than enough, especially for a teenager. So basically, I start working there and it's, well, (laughs) nowhere near what he explained or mentioned because I had to take care of the whole TV station, working 18-hour shifts. And then when it comes to to the payday, uh, I get like, if I get a third of my check, I would be happy because like, oh, you showed up late that day, but like I was working till 4 a.m. the other night. I cannot just show up at 7 a.m. Like I'm physically incapable of doing that. Like I was working seven day weeks and it was like, it was crazy. So at this one point where the owner of the TV station like tried to physically attack me after I put in my 30 day notice, it's apparently 30 day over there. So, I mean, I I just Uh waited. And after he kind of tried to physically attack me, I was like, I'm not having it. So I just left and then I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, I do need that extra income because I was already kind of used to having mm-hmm. that money. And just randomly, I went to Upwork and uh, applied literally for two jobs as I'm having coffee with my friend that same day. And I get a message from one of them and the guy's like, can we just Skype each other for a little bit? I really like, because I already had some previous work to show off like yes. portfolio. And he's like, I really like it. And can we just hop on a Skype call for a little bit? And I think I have a couple projects for you. So, I mean, that's just how it started. Like, I would recommend anyone and everyone. Like, it doesn't matter if you do photography, copywriting, whatever. Like, this is to my people in Bosnia. But, like, work can be applied here, too. But, like, don't be afraid to go out and do some work for free just to build up your portfolio. And But also, like, don't forget when you build up that portfolio to start charging people. I know it might be kind of hard when you have this one client and you've been doing work for them kind of free. And then all of a sudden, like, it's kind of hard to go in there and like, yeah, I cannot do this one for free. Like, I need you to pay me. But I mean, it's your work. It's your time. It's your effort. You need to charge people money for your time. And basically, with that portfolio, when you build it, like, that's yours. And after that, you just add stuff onto it. And just by that, like, even from like full-time jobs, it's really, really easy to get them and not to talk about like one-time gigs on like freelance sites and stuff like that. Because my one-time gig actually turned into a full-time job kind of within like two projects. Right. 
and you didn't really expect it to like go that far <laughs> that fast i guess i really didn't because my first project was uh like a vlog style video for a brewery oh, cool. and i don't i don't know much about breweries yeah. later on i visited that brewery it's in oh. delaware but like they had some internal jokes and i had to kind of like add some effects to like Ooh. put an emphasis on that on, on that joke but like if i don't understand the joke it's kind of like I, I honestly thought they're gonna be like yeah we're gonna pay you but this is not what we wanted but at the end they're actually impressed uh, so i mean that's good <laughs> i don't know i guess it just depends on especially like first of all like it being like if it's some weird kind of thing that the company wants you to incorporate or just like a weird joke in like english that like you can't translate so i can understand that but going back to what you were saying um with creating a portfolio and having that so that way anyone is able to you know see the work that you've done is really important and i think you can't just expect like you were saying eventually you're gonna have to start charging people for the work that you do and you should never feel bad about that because you're creating value for those people and I think it's all a matter of your relationship with money and how you look at things together um, because a lot of people have a very negative relationship with money and that's part of the reason why you know they might feel like oh I can't charge this person that much and and the reality of it is like most people that you know are freelancers they don't charge enough and they don't charge enough for their services and things like that but yeah i think making the portfolio is extremely important especially if you are a creative person or even if you are in school and maybe you're not even pursuing you know a degree in like communications or journalism or something creative in that sense it's still great to have it on the side because you know how it turned out for you it was something that hey you know I'm just kind of doing this I don't really know where it's gonna go but I'm gonna try because I enjoy doing it so that's really awesome going more into I guess present day was there a particular moment when you decided I want to make this app and this is what I want to do or was it one of those things that kind of just happened over time well it was just like first of all I while I was working for that guy I didn't have like a schedule to work I just I would get a project and I would be like you have until next Friday to finish it so my sleeping schedule was and still is pretty off and <laughs> Well, by that, like, I'm just, I don't think I could ever, like, put myself in a position where I'll have to do a nine to five or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, my mentality just, like, not cut right. for it. So, basically, I was always, like, pursuing something that will, like, help me escape that nine to five, starting with my own marketing agency for lawyers. And then later on, when this kind of came true, I was, like, literally, as I previously mentioned, it just started, like, as a basic, like, let me design something for yeah. fun. And then it just kind of happened within a day. And I just kept on going because I'm pretty hyper when it comes to projects and pretty much everything excites me. So I was on it for like 20, 30 hours without sleep, just like trying to build out the whole idea. And now I'm at the point where I like have literally my room is filled out with whiteboards that are like full of ideas and like features that I'm like thinking of putting in. 
And like, literally, I, it wasn't like, oh, maybe it's not the right time or let me finish this. Like my advice to any, anyone is like, I've been through some stuff in my life and I was dead at one point. So basically after that experience, I mean, you realize how easy it is to lose your life. And, you know, just like, why would you wait for anything? Like if you really want something or you believe in something, mm -hmm. There is literally no reason to wait another day, another month, or another year for you to take action in order to get that something. And when it comes to... Go ahead. Go on. No, no, you're good. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to something like this, uh, first of all, we're the first in the market to cover everything. And like literally, it was, I better do this now before someone else does it. And I devoted 100% of my time to it. And I do not regret a single second of it because if I didn't do that, I could not say that I'll be that I would be here where I'm right now. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Um, you know, why are you waiting to go and pursue that dream? Because if you don't, you know, start something today, it's just never going to happen. If you're waiting to you know have enough money to whatever start this project or whatever it might be you're just never gonna start it's just not gonna happen and you're gonna keep wishing that it happened and you'll just kind of feel stuck you'll feel stuck in your job in your life in your relationships whatever it may be because you're not going after the one thing that you really want and you're basically just kind of lying to yourself if you're not willing to take those necessary steps and it can be little things like you know obviously in your case you were super into the idea and you just kind of immediately started working on it which I think is something that is very true with a bunch of entrepreneurs um when you find oh okay this is gonna work you know or I'm not entirely sure if this will work but hey this is something that I want to try out you will work on it like religiously and just I mean I don't really have a normal quote-unquote like work schedule either but that's just because when you pour your heart and soul into something you're not gonna want to ever stop working on it like even if I'm away from my computer and just you know hanging out with friends or going and doing something that is completely unrelated to my business I'm still thinking of ideas or certain things will happen or I'll see certain things and think, oh, hey, that would be so great or Balkan bread. Let me put this in my phone or let me do this. So it kind of follows you around and that's okay because that shows that you are really in it for like the long haul and this is something that you really want to do deep down. So I think that's important and Sometimes it takes certain things happening in your life for you to realize that, unfortunately, um, being put in whatever difficult situation it might be. And then finally coming to the conclusion where you're like, OK, I need to actually start living this life for myself and, you know, doing what I want. So really glad that you mentioned that. And I guess the next thing to go into that um, would be, do you want to give us a quick a summary of just what your app does and where are you guys right now in the journey of um, just developing it? Is it out yet or are you guys like still working on it exactly? 
uh, our app is actually oh. not out yet, but there is a imposter so-called from Australia that's trying to literally steal our whole brand. So there's like some lawsuits going on about that too, which is pretty hilarious because I mean, I don't know if you check, but we have 50 something thousand people in our wait list. And like all of them are like, Oh, Oh, why didn't you like, uh, invite me for a pre-launch beta or whatever. And I'm like, I don't remember releasing my app yet. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I mean, as long as you're incorporated and stuff, then that shouldn't happen. It's kind of ironic since it is an app that is supposed to, um, to my understanding, make it easier for you to find a lawyer. And then also it works in the lawyer's benefit, too, if they're trying to find clients. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I understood from reading on the website and stuff. Yeah, so in a nutshell, it's an app that lets you not just find a lawyer, but completely deal with a lawyer within the app, within within the comfort of your couch. So basically, uh, looking at the United States and most of the people here, people do not have time to spend a day or two just looking for a perfect lawyer that will take care of their case. They don't have time to get stuck in traffic, to go door to door and just be uh, said that they're, they don't have a case or there's nothing that lawyer can do for them. So by removing that office visit and keeping everything within the app, people will be able to literally do everything just within the comfort of their couch. So let's say I want to get divorced and uh, I don't have time to go from lawyer A to lawyer B to lawyer C just to be said that, you know, there's they cannot get me much after the divorce. They'll have to split equally, even though I have some data that I was cheated on, whatever. Uh, but basically here, the client will be able to just post, okay, this is my case in a nutshell. And how can you help me? And then lawyers will have the ability to reach out to clients and literally, okay, I see this, 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 and this, I have this, this, and this question, and here's what I can do for you. So just by that, the client will have literally a pool of lawyers to choose for their case. And as well, lawyers will have a pool of cases to choose for their next case, which basically helps out lawyers with their marketing because the fee that will be there for lawyers is honestly nothing compared to what marketing agencies charge. And it's a hundred percent guaranteed client. Whereas for clients, it's just, as I said, it's as easy as posting a case and just waiting a couple of minutes until lawyers start reaching out to you. And then it's not just about cases. There'll be much more stuff, including uh, you don't maybe you don't have to, you know, sue someone, but maybe you just want to have your mm -hmm. contract reviewed or you want to get an advice. That will also be a possibility. And then something that we're trying to introduce, we're working legally on it right now. And this has not been mentioned anywhere yet, but here you go. You'll get it first. <laughs> We're trying to implement a legal protection plans, basically like an insurance, which clients will be able to pay monthly and they'll get a certain coverage for their next case. So just based on that, basically our app should cover anything and everything that's lawyer related and literally revolutionize the legal industry to the point where we will start uh, putting marketing agencies out of business and basically making our app the thing when it comes to looking for a lawyer or dealing with anything related to legal industry.
Wow. I mean, that describes it perfectly. That sounds really, really beneficial and something that there's a need for, even though maybe, you know, people haven't been in the situation maybe where they've had to, where they need a lawyer like right away, but eventually that might happen to them. So I think this app is great for that. I can imagine though the amount of work that goes into it and also when you are putting, I guess, like essentially finding, I guess, lawyers. I don't know exactly how that process would work, but it reminded me of this YouTuber that I watch. And so she developed an app called Shutter, and that basically matches you with different photographers in your area. So it's, I think it's only available in like California, um, Seattle, Washington just certain areas, but essentially they have to go through and like kind of screen through each photographer and have them do obviously like an application and, you know, have them show like a portfolio and things like that. So I can imagine there's some kind of process that goes into that. And also another thing to touch on, because like I said before, I do not know much about making an app, but I do know that it can be very expensive. Um, So what advice would you give to someone who, you know, maybe they have an idea like this where the startup cost would be relatively higher than, let's say, you know, something that's like drop shipping or, you know, other types of business activities? What advice would you give someone? Because that's a very like intimidating thing to think about. Um, the first thing that would go through my mind is, okay, who am I going to get to invest in, you know, this idea that I have? So basically, when it comes to that, we had those issues too. I mean, to to make a, you know, your average app, it's not that hard. You can get freelancers from overseas and they can do it for pretty, like really, really cheap from anything ranging from two grand and then above that. But when it comes to an app like ours, we really cannot uh, trust people overseas because there's a lot of legal stuff involved and one backdoor can cost us our whole future. So at that point, we realized we need a team of trusted people and, uh, well, a lot of investors, which was the part where I was like, okay, but how, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I started like going to these conferences, uh, which are like full of angel investors and startup accelerators and what i found is that literally all of those uh, startup accelerators are, and those little seminars slash conferences where you get to pitch your uh, startup to all these investors i mean i in my opinion first of all we were asking for a lot of money and we're still looking for a couple more investors mm-hmm. uh because when it comes to the seed round the opening round, people usually ask for a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. We were asking well over three million, so everyone was like, "Okay, yeah, no," because basically those people are not there to spend that kind of money. And it's a startup; it's the first round. There's no proven background, so people were like, "You know, they were, it was too much of a risk to them." But then later on, when I got in touch with some people that actually know what they're doing, some venture capitalists. And I mean, my way to them, and in my opinion, that's in most cases, the only way there is like still possibilities to reach out to someone and they'll actually reply. But I tried reaching out to people until I, and until I had a friend that knows a venture capitalist, 
I couldn't really mm. get even a reply. Right. And then basically, when I got, got to like sit down with him and talk about all of this, and I mean, three million is not, you know, your pocket money. So basically, people are like, okay, but what are you giving us for that? And the reason we were looking for that much money upfront is because we don't want to sell a lot of equity in our company. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to do any other rounds of funding. So my idea is to have it funded now so I can just start it up. And within the first year, my app, well, within the first couple of months of being public and available, the app should reach profitability. So for anyone that has a has an idea for a startup, and wants to make something but does not have the funds. Uh, first of all, like if it's an app startup, like look for friends or people that were that are willing to help you and like give them a little bit of equity. Or let's say you want to make an app but you you don't know anything about development. Try to find communities of developers in your area. Sit down with them, talk to them, and I mean you can always give them equity or pay them later on, or just try to like get involved with some people that can actually invest. It might not be a lot of money, but like try to get involved with people that can cover the expenses you have or you, you're about to have with the app. And then of course, always be prepared for all kinds of questions, starting from your business plan to, okay, what's the app about? How, how will it help the customer? What's the market that it's aiming for? What's the problem that it's solving? And of course, the most important question how much money can that app make right. me? So always be ready to answer those questions. Don't hesitate asking people. And I mean, it does take time, but sometimes, uh, honestly, like there's some offers that will sound good, but that will not be really healthy for your business because you can get offers from people to like give you money and equity-wise, it's like within your range of comfortable and basically still like you may not want to accept that because it's not just about giving you the money. You want someone, well, that person is going to own equity in your business. So you want someone that's going to be able to actually help you with mm -hmm. something and not just be there from board meeting to board meeting and literally like yell at you for some stuff that you didn't meet or whatever. So you really need to handpick your investors and ask yourself, is that the person I want to do business with? And is that the person I'm comfortable doing business with? I know the money can like make you go crazy, but sometimes you just need to take a step back and like think about the bigger picture because it, it can cost you a lot of nerves and honestly, a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah, you definitely don't want to jump into something where you aren't 100% sure. I think it's also a matter of just listening to your gut feeling and if something feels kind of off, then it probably is, and you probably shouldn't go with it. And that's one of the things that happened to me um, when we first started, like literally within the first three or four months of starting Balkan Bread. Um, keep in mind, I did not even have an official like web domain yet. I hadn't moved on to that part of um, the process. I was just selling on Etsy, and that was my main kind of platform. And I had some people reach out, you know, offering to invest in the company. And they were all super nice saying, you know, oh, I see, you know, you're doing all this great stuff and just kind of asking more business related questions. And 
whether or not, you know, like what my plans were. And, you know, at the time I was just telling them, well, you know, I want to get, obviously I was registered already as an LLC, but I wanted to get my domain and, you know, have all of that like liability stuff kind of out of the way because I didn't want someone to take that away from me. Um, just because this idea is something that time and again, people say, you know, this is exactly what the diaspora community needed. This is exactly something that, you know, we should have had like five years ago and stuff like that. And I, yeah, I just remember having people wanting to invest. And I was at the point where I had literally just started and I was like, well, you know, some money would be nice. But at the same time, like, I don't want to just hand this over to someone, which might make me sound like super selfish. I don't know. But I mean, just know, like, I wasn't interested in that. And maybe, you know, a year from now, my whole perspective will change on that kind of topic and things like that. You know, maybe I won't even end up owning this company forever. I don't really know what's going to happen. But right now, don't want to just hand over like a piece of the pie to someone that granted I don't even really know that well because all these conversations are happening like through Instagram or through email or something like that so I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was super thrown off I was like "Mm, I don't think I want to hand anything over um and jump into something because yeah, like I came up with the idea and started it and, you know, it took a lot just to get it off the ground running. So anyway, another important thing to touch on are times that you failed because I feel like, you know, people see even just the Balkan Bread Instagram and Instagram, any other type of social media is just a highlight reel and it just shows all of, you know, the great moments. And obviously, I mean, this is essentially your business having this you know platform and you're not necessarily going to showcase the failures on here because you know who even wants to see that but what were some of the failure failures that you experienced and how did you I guess bounce back and what did you learn from them well I mean as everyone who ever started a business there there has been a lot of great days and failures but i mean some of them they're worth mentioning quote unquote uh as i mentioned i started a law firm marketing company and basically i mean i was replicating the business uh that the guy i worked for did on the east coast i did on the west coast and i mean the idea was perfect nobody except him was doing it the market was wide open and ready for it and I already know all the secrets and trades mm-hmm. to do it. So it was like, that's it. There's, I mean, there's no way to fail. Oh, well, fast forward three months. Of course, I started with the wrong people surrounding me, with the wrong par- mm-hmm. partners. And that resulted in getting the whole business shut down. Because first of all, back to the previous topic, like, It's not just about who brings you money in, but you want value from those Mm -hmm. people. And the people I partnered with uh, brought zero value to the company. Like there was no help except for financial from them. And I I was not happy with that because I I had to handle the freelancers. I had to handle the clients, sales, the marketing, everything. It was a bit too much for me. And I was physically incapable of, doing it all so that failed 
And after that, I'm, I was basically jobless. And, you know, my rent was coming up and there was nothing I can do about anything. And I never finished high school. So, you know, getting a job is not as easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's those times where you actually figure out who who's really your friend and who's there just because of who you are, not because of what you have or what you're doing. And those people really, really helped me to like get back on my feet. But also like you cannot let yourself like you cannot let that failure bring you down. It's it's another experience. You learn something from it, but life goes on. You have to start moving ASAP. Otherwise you'll be stuck there. Because I mean, we have multiple segments of learning in life from learning how to walk to to talk to like, I mean, it's a long list, but the most important uh, part of that learning sequence, and I mean, learning sequence never, never ends, but the most important part is how to make and manage money and how to, you know, like read people. Because when you have those two figured out, you're already like on a good path. But until then, you're nothing but average. And that's what kind of feared me the most. And I really, really didn't want to like, let that failure get to me, but it was kind of slowly catching up with the finances and everything. But as soon as I like cleared out my mind and I was like, okay, that's done, that's behind me. I already like started working on something else. I kind of got myself uh, employed in that company I previously mentioned. And I mean, fast forward a couple months, I'm here with an idea and basically running a business that's about to revolutionize the legal industry. So never accept failure, put it as a lesson and just move on because life still goes on. I mean, I'm 19 currently and like I've been through my fair share of stuff, but if I'm like done with everything and if I failed, should I stop or should I like go on? Because I mean, my life, I still have a lot to live and a lot to see and I'll probably fail God knows how many times. Uh, so basically, I look at life as a graph that goes up and down. There's the average somewhere in the middle. But, you know, sometimes you have to go up and then something will happen that brings you down. And then same thing goes the other way around. If you if something brings you down, there has to be something that brings you back to that average. So, I mean, just wait for it, prepare for it, and it's going to happen. Yeah, it definitely will. And you shouldn't let it stop you. And I think it's just like a learning process and you have to have thick skin and just kind of just keep going with things. And it's okay to get upset when like things just do not pan out the way that you thought they would um, in the grand kind of scheme of things. But in terms of like little failures along the way, like I had to deal with, I think this was probably a month ago now. um, I had a couple customers who their orders just like randomly got lost. And obviously this is, you know, my responsibility to deal with it. However, it's something that is kind of out of my control just because it was with the shipping carrier, which was USPS and they lost the package or it got stuck at customs um, going into their country or whatever. It was just this whole mess, which thankfully we eventually figured it out. But if I were to have just like sat there and been like, okay, 
it's over like you know i quit balkan bread is done because we couldn't deliver this one sweatshirt to canada or something like you know that, that would just be so stupid of me like to do that because you have to look back and remember on you know everything that you've done up until this point and recognize how far you've come because you have done a lot even when you think that you haven't you really and I'm really bad at this so I'm trying to get better about it but just looking back on the past and I'm not saying dwell on it too much but definitely recognize all the things that you've done especially for me like this past year I mean this business has only been around for a year. Uh, I feel like it's been like three years just because of all of the work and things that have gone into it. But it's also a really exciting thing because if I, if we, I shouldn't say I, because I've had so many people help me. If we accomplished all of this within 12 months, just imagine what we can do in these next 12 months. And then the 12 months after that, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about. And I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. I have my goals and I have my things, you know, set out that I want to do this year. But of course, there will be things that happen along the way that, you know, are going to affect the business, whether I like it or not. And normally those things you can't necessarily foresee happening. They just kind of happen and you just kind of have to deal with it because that's life. (laughs) But having that drive and having that mentality to just keep going, um, you know, thing after thing is extremely important. So as we wrap up the episode, is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, Any advice for other diaspora who wanting to start their own businesses or just any final closing words? I mean, all I want to say is I did a ton of stuff in my life that scares people and like you know moving to a different continent on my own and anything from like starting one company and then moving away from everyone I know then starting another company and then walking into this company which is like about to be a multi-billion company it's it's scary it is and people usually like stop and be like maybe this is a bit too much for me and at that point, you need to just remind yourself that you need to do stuff that scare you until they don't. Because if anyone else has ever done it, you can too. And if nobody has ever done it, then it's even better because you have something that's completely unexplored and you get to be the first to go there. So all I want to say, if there's something you want to do, if there's an idea or anything like you have in mind, don't wait for that perfect moment don't wait till you make up make enough money on the side or whatever just go in with it and nine out of ten times it will make sense and it will work out but as long as you're hesitating i mean you're not going to change anything you're not going to improve anything and you're just going to be stuck in one place as harsh it may sound and rude but it is it's just how it is you need to make that change no matter what it takes and if that's what you really want, it will make sense it will, and it will make you happy in the long run and successful, of course. Definitely. And I, I think, you know, if what you want to do and your dream and everything, if it's not, um, what was that saying? If your dream doesn't scare you, then it's not big enough, um, which is so true. And like you were saying, all those people were like, you're insane. There's no way you're going to do that. 
But at the same time, when people say those kinds of things, or they even just like question what you're doing, that I don't know about you, but for me, it motivates me even more just because I want to prove all those people wrong. Not that it really matters, but it definitely makes me feel more secure just, you know, in my situation and saying like, hey, you know, you were kind of a naysayer and saying that I wouldn't be able to do this. And here I am. I mean, I haven't had too many people. Um, I haven't come across too many people who have been super like discouraging or anything like that. But just in general, like if you do have an idea and people are saying that it's impossible or there's no way you can do that, you know, there's usually a way and you'll find that way or you'll be, you know, trying to find that way, realize that, you know, maybe it's not the right path and you'll just kind of move on to something else. And that's kind of the beauty of, you know, being this creative person and being this entrepreneur. So definitely don't let that scare you. But yeah, I'm so glad that we got to talk about this on the episode. And I think your story is super inspiring, especially if I don't know how many listeners we have. Actually, I should look that up because I have stats, more detailed stats on the podcast now. But um, how many people in Bosnia are actually listening to this and maybe they're thinking, you know, I think there's a whole theme that the youth there, they want to find a way out. And most people are moving away, which obviously isn't helping maybe the economic situation. But at the same time, if I were in their shoes, then I would probably want to find a way out as well. And, you know, not necessarily like, maybe not put it in that term, but go after an opportunity because I know there are bigger and greater things out there for me just in other places. So I'm glad we got to sit down today and just talk about that and get all of your tips of advice. And, you know, I'm hoping that everyone listening to this feels somewhat more inspired to go after that one thing. Maybe you've been thinking about starting or doing because there's really no better time than now. So with that being said, thank you guys again for listening to this podcast episode. If you are interested in being on an episode or maybe you just have an idea, a talking point, something that we should feature, you can send an email to hello at balkanbread.com with the subject line podcast. So thank you guys again for listening and we will see you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye.